Tonight, uh, as your vicar in the interim, I would like to reflect what is Easter like for a church in an interim? Now being here for six months, it can be quite easy that I start to think and act like a vicar, like it used to be. But I've been thinking over this last week of Holy Week that I will be doing you a disservice if I simply said to you that life was, is going to be the same as it always has been. Easter gives us a glorious hope, a glorious opportunity to see this church, to see the future of Holy Cross in a new light. And so through the lens of the gospel narrative today, I would like to share with you what it is to be Holy Cross at Easter in the interim. The first thing I would like to share with you tonight is for us here at Holy Cross, we must be reminded that patience is stronger than courage. Patience is stronger than courage. Now, I'm not talking to you about the patience of being in a queue. I was in a queue just on Good Friday down in Tynemouth for some fish and chips. And as a good British person, I queued, seeing it was a long queue, and I timed it. 20 minutes went past, 30, 40, 50, 60, one hour, seven minutes and 32 seconds. I didn't mind queuing, being British, quite happy. Everyone queuing, having a good chat, no one pushing in, making sure no one jumped the queue. But I'm not talking about a queue. I wish it was. I wish we knew when the end of the interim is going to be. But like Mary and Joanna and Mary Magdalene, bringing the spices to the tomb, they had a patience within them, knowing that it was going to be all right. They knew that Jesus, even though he had died, was going to do something spectacular. They didn't know what, they didn't know what it was going to look like, but they kept on believing with patience. They could have rumbled amongst themselves thinking, well, this isn't going very well, is it? Gosh, I, w I wish Jesus got his act together better. Why didn't he rise from the dead sooner? They didn't grumble. They simply believed. They believed that Jesus could turn it around. Winston Churchill once said to his school after the Second World War, he was there at this wonderful, prestigious school. And they were expecting a wonderful talk about leadership. Winston Churchill simply said, never give up. Never, never, never give up. And as followers of Jesus, like the women at the tomb, we don't have an option to give up here at Holy Cross in an interim. We're called to keep being patient in our praying. Keep being patient in reading the Bible. Keep being patient in love. Keep being patient in sharing and acting. For in that, we will follow the women 
of the cross and see the wonders of the resurrection come to life. The second thing I would like to say about this passage here with us in an interim at Holy Cross is that we must remember in this period of time, in this transition, that with God, all things are possible. People of the resurrection, we must believe that the stone has rolled away. That there is no one there now. There is just the linen cloths. We must be people who believe that God could flick the switch like when the light was turned on with our Paschal candle. We must be people who believe all things are possible. Tonight we are going to renew our baptismal vows and we're going to renew our vows in a saviour who turned water into wine, who made 5,000 fall on fish and bread. We're going to renew our baptism vows in someone who rose his friend Lazarus from the dead, calmed the waters, walked on the waters, healed the sick and was transfigured. Friends, as we journey in this interim, may we have a hope like an anchor. And as we peer into our empty tomb every week for the Eucharist, May we always say to ourselves, like the women, with God, all things are possible. When the women were there at the tomb, they were confused. And as followers of Jesus, especially in this time of transition, we can sometimes be confused. But we heard in the gospel, didn't we, that wonderful word, remember. Remember. You may be a little confused at the moment with the bins. I don't know if around where you are, but the bins are normally picked up on a Friday. Oh no, not this week. It's a Saturday around where I am. Sometimes I have, early in the morning, heard the binmen come and I think, oh no, I've forgotten the bins. Rush downstairs, put the slippers on, mildly dignified, and rush out. That's one type of remember. But God says to us tonight, remember your saviour. Go back to the Bible. Go back to his words some Bibles have, in, as in my Bible, the red letters, the Gospels. Go back to the Gospels and remember all that Jesus said about his resurrection. Jonathan Edwards, the theologian, not the triple jumper, he once said, especially as we think of ourselves in an interim, that it is our duty to look to Jesus the resurrected one, and see what direction he is going in. Yes, it's great having a vicar. Yes, it's great having a plan. Yes, it's great having a, a bishop and a diocese. But each of us, individually, 
are called to shape our local church here by saying, where is Jesus leading us? Not where is the money leading us or where is the numbers or where is the latest ideas, but where is Jesus? Remember who you are. This is the great, unique selling point of being an Anglican. We have liturgy that keeps us as a, as a friend to remind us of where we're going. We have, as I've mentioned many times, the communion of the Last Supper. Remember where we are, who we are. And like the women at the tomb, remember the resurrection. These wonderful women, these amazing women started the ball rolling, the first evangelists of the church. And my penultimate point, in fact, if you want to know where we are, is this. In this interim, do what we can, not what we can't, in the light of the resurrection. Did you know that the most introverted person in the world, in their lives, would influence 50,000 people? Can you believe that? 50,000 people. You may not be a Mother Teresa. You may not be a great bishop of the future. But you're someone who could influence for good. You could be like one of the women at the tomb. You could go and tell someone, Jesus is alive. They may not believe you like the apostles found it very difficult. You may not even be able to speak. You may find that hard yourself. But you could be kind. You could bake a cake. You could give someone a big smile. Sadie, who just uh, today um, came up to me at the very beginning of the service. I'm not sure 100% why she said it, but it was wonderful she did. She said to me, I'm really glad you're here. I first of all thought, is it because you need a vicar to start the service? Maybe, that's what she's thinking. But I kind of thought there was a deeper meaning. I'm really glad you're here. We can say that to one another, can't we? I'm really glad you are here. We could pray for others. Just like the women at the tomb. They turned up. Woody Allen, as you may know, once said, 90% of success is turning up. The women turned up. All we need to do is our part. Do what we can, not what we can't. I look back over my life and I think again and again, I wish things were better. I wish this happened or that happened. But that is because we have such a high level of expectation in our lives. Then God surprises us sometimes. Like two young men who I shared as a youth worker. One of them has named his child his second name after me, which I found a real amazement. He never really said much about, it, about that to me. Now he's a minister in the church. 
Another young man who I remember being part of our youth group back in the 90s. I'm sure all of you here know the 90s. My children still think that's part of the history lessons. But now he too has just graduated with a degree in theology and is going to become a pastor in a church. All I did was my part in that. Encourage, pray for them, say you can do it. And that's all we're called to do in this interim. Do what we can and not what we can't. And the final point I want to make today I really, every day, I, I pray for us, I pray for you, I pray for me. I pray for us in this interim. And the final point I'd like to make this Easter, before Joe speaks in the morning and Barbara speaks in the evening on Easter Sunday, I want to say to you here, at Holy Cross, God is the God of the second chance. God is the God of the second, the third, the fifth, the ten thousandth chance. Many people in the church love Peter. They see him as a charismatic person. They see him as someone with enthusiasm. But most importantly, people see Peter in the church as someone who made mistakes. But God still said, I'm going to build my church on someone who gets it wrong. I'm going to build my church on someone who denied me three times. I'm going to build my church on someone who wanted to drag me in different places. I'm going to build my church on someone who Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Not thinking he was Satan, but saying silly things like we sometimes do, don't we? Or maybe is it just me? God says to you and I, I love you. God has factored in, as some pastor once said, God has factored in your stupidness when he called you. I love that. That is so freeing. He has factored in your silly clangers, you might say, your, your actions, your thoughts. And he still says, I'm calling you here at Holy Cross. It's not too late when St. Peter died, and you can see this at St. Peter's Monk's Eton. He died on a cross like our Saviour. But he said, I don't want to die that way around. I'm going to die upside down. Put me upside down. Right to the end, St. Peter was filled with enthusiasm. And God smiled at him, and he smiles at you. And he says to you tonight, in this interim, well done, good and faithful servants. You are right on time, you're on plan, and together we can make a difference. In Jesus' name, amen.